0: This is a production of Cornell University.
1: From Cornell University's world-renowned turfgrass program, I'm Frank Rossi.
0: And I'm Carl Scamenti. And this is episode 17 of Turf Talk, brought to you in partnership with our friends at Winfield United. Turf Talk provides just-in-time science-based recommendations for professional turfgrass managers in the northeastern U.S. Frank, as we're recording this, we're getting some showers in our area, Let's talk about the weather first and foremost.
1: Yeah, just as uh, was predicted by our weather guru, Arti Gaetano, Carl, uh, we are going to have some passing showers here in the early week uh, following a mini heat wave. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was hot and sticky. The dog days of August are upon us. And I think the only thing that helps many turf managers at this time of year is is that magical date of August 15th. There seems to be something around the middle to the end of August where they feel like Uh, Weather conditions change a little bit where at least water management uh, becomes a little easier. But when you look at the temperature, Carl, by and large, up the coast, especially the I-95 corridor and interior northeast, not as far as us, but heat stress is now in its seventh straight week. Just think about that for a second. You've got seven straight weeks of a persistent abiotic stress that doesn't let up. So, you know, I think a lot of people are starting to look at some pretty uh, crappy looking grass. Uh, The forecast is calling for no anomalies, Uh, you know, expected normal conditions for the middle to the end of August, which is hot and humid uh, and normal rainfall. And I think while we talk about winners and losers with moisture, Carl, I would say in some ways, if you're not getting rainfall, that makes you a little bit of a winner because the last thing you want is uh, excessive moisture in that system which sets up the many pest problems that we'll be struggling with for another couple of months.
0: Yeah. I mean, we have been pounding this, this pest and stress issue for the last really month and a half. Uh, anything new that we've seen, uh, any notes, uh, from the past week that you observed?
1: Yeah, I would say the biggest thing that not bowled me over when I was walking around, I was out at the Bethpage state park down at Greenwood cemetery at our research project down there. And a couple of things jump out at you. Number one It is a banner year for crabgrass, and if you had failures, Randy Prostak is telling me most people are just giving up. He's telling us the weed specialist from Massachusetts. Most people are just giving up. It's like mow it and make it look like a lawn and then consider start uh, thinking about renovation. So crabgrass is the big one. Uh, of course, uh, at Greenwood Cemetery, Carl. You know our project down there, Bermuda grass. Uh, we got stolens that are easily two to three feet long, and that's right, listeners. I said Bermuda grass in Brooklyn. Uh, that's the kinds of conditions that we have uh, this summer. So that was a big one. And the other thing that I saw firsthand, which I have to say, is a bit of shocker for me: the second generation annual bluegrass weevils are at it. They are feeding actively. I am. Not sure I can remember the feeding damage that I've seen this particular year persisting into the second generation. Now, one of the things that the guys at the Bethpage State Park, I think really a model for ABW management, where they're making one, maybe two insecticide applications a year is when they start to see the injury coming in, they go right out and start slit seeding ryegrass in those fairways. So they're seeding in before the damage comes. So that's the big takeaway for ABW and the crabgrass. And then finally, I think Rich Buckley's pretty busy down at the Rutgers lab. I I think (laughs) the anthracnose samples and the summer pad samples are not slowing up. And I only see that uh, increasing. I think uh, on the call we heard he got 27 anthracnose samples in one day. And I think that is a harbinger of the kind of abiotic stress that we're going to see for the next couple of weeks. So most people, Carl, are just hanging on.
0: Yeah, and, and a lot of people are going to be listening to this podcast and wondering, what are the keys to success? I've got all these issues. What key should I be looking at the next week? Do you have any advice for them?
1: Yeah, I would say the first thing is, is that if you're dry, to a certain extent, I'd be thankful. I mean, you don't want to be into persistent drought stress, but having control over your moisture during these persistent heat stress periods is a little bit of a blessing on your finest turf areas. Of course, lawns and sports fields where, you know, it's tough to get water on them. Uh, They're higher cut. So in many ways, they lose water with the high ET levels that we're getting. Um, but I would say the biggest issue that I continue to see is persistent leaf wetness, the humidity, the high dew points that we're having, Carl, are, are creating havoc for foliar diseases, number one. So you're getting persistent brown patch, persistent pythium risk. Uh, even dollar spot is coming on in many places still in the heat. Normally, you don't think it comes on in the heat, but interior like the Adirondacks and further north they're getting a lot of dollar spot problems. And then with the humidity and the dew point, the plants aren't cooling as well. Mm -hmm. So the the rooting issues are getting even worse, right? Water's not moving through the system. The roots aren't functioning very well. So even nutrient uptake can be restricted at this time. So the keys to success, I think continue to be water management and continue to be simply recognizing that the abiotic stress is persistent if you have the ability to use chemical pesticides to keep the biotic problems at bay, uh, it's best to keep those intervals nice and tight and make those applications. Don't expect your turf to be very resilient. I think the word would be defense mm-hmm. uh, from a pest, from a keys to success. You're really trying to just do the best you can to prep for the next couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, and a lot of that sounds like uh, just managing your own expectations, right? You know, this is a very stressful time of year. You do have to manage your expectations and maybe your membership or your, your golfers also have to manage those expectations. So, uh, finally, uh, my favorite segment of the podcast every week, sage advice, what, what well, kind of I, wisdom for this week?
1: Yeah. First? So I would say the wisdom is a little bit for the sports turf guys, as much as the golf turf guys, I'd say, you know, the sports turf guys are coming into camps. I was speaking to the school grounds guys, uh, yesterday over here in central New York, we had about 20, 30 in the audience, and you know they're getting ready and gearing up for football. Now, many of them are pleased that the rainfall has come, so they got actively growing grass. A few of them have been able to put some fertilizer down and get that turf actively growing. A few of them are asking about cultivation, and it, unless you're expecting those kinds of traffic conditions like the sports fields are expecting... Um, they're the only ones I would tell to be aggressive right now, but also be careful if you're using overseeding that you go with gray leaf spot, resistant ryegrass, uh, you know, they can't use fungicides there. You're sort of taking your risk at it, but you know, if you want to have a safe field, you got to have a complete turf cover. So they are going to have that complete turf cover. The sage advice for everybody else is start planning for recovery. As I said, come the middle of the month, uh, the pattern will change We'll not have to. We'll start getting those cooler nights. We hope uh, that give us some recovery, recuperative ability in the evening. And so I would say begin to start planning what your issues are going to be for recovery coming into and preparing for the other side of Labor Day. Again, defense is the issue. Uh, Water is going to make it more confounded. The heat stress isn't going away. So the sage advice is to communicate to the people using your turf how it's tough for people being outside in this weather and it's equally tough for the cool season grasses so hopefully uh, everybody will be able to weather the next couple of weeks keep those sprays in place if you can and hold on
0: yeah as always frank thank you for the sage advice and thank you to our listeners for listening to the 2018 turf talk podcast series brought to you just in time by cornell university in partnership with our friends at winfield united find us online at turf.cals.cornell.edu and on Twitter and Facebook at Cornell Turf. As always, we'd love your feedback and encourage you to join the conversation by leaving a review or comment. For Turf Talk, I'm Carl Scamenti, And I'm Frank Rossi. Have a great week. This has been a production of Cornell University. On the web at cornell.edu.